0: Because we got the
1: alternative energy right. on Free Autonomy. We and what welcome
2: we to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network.
1: Welcome to the Radioactive Show. I'm Jem Rumold. On this week's show, we're hearing about the impact of the US nuclear testing program in the Marshall Islands will feature a talk by Abaka Anjane-Madison, a former senator of Rongelap. She recently travelled to Australia to participate in a speaking tour of Indigenous women impacted by nuclear testing in Australia and the Pacific. This tour, called Black Mist White Rain, travelled from Adelaide to Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane over four days in early April 2016. Settle in as she takes us through the story of the testing program, the evacuation of her island home Rongelap, the return to that contaminated land, and the people's decision to leave again for their health and safety. The Rongalapis are still fighting for justice and want to return home.
0: Good evening, everyone. In the Marshall Islands, we say yakwe. Can you repeat that for me? Yakwe. It means good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and I love you. Yes, Marshall Islands is a very, uh, very beautiful country, and um, it's a uh, lagoon. Most of our atolls uh, have lagoon, and so the water is very pristine. And my island it has been reported as a better, better reef than the Great Barrier Reef, 100 times. My name is Abaka Anjain Madison. Anjain is the um, my um, my father's name, and Madison is uh, is my married name. I'm here representing uh, the people of Rongelap, uh, especially, and, and the whole Marshall Islands. Um, Marshall Islands has been a, a colony. It was a colony. At, um, in its history is uh, was colonized by first the Sp- Spanish and then um, the Germans and Japan and the United States um, through the U.N. Trust Territory. And that's when the U.S. decided that, you know, they control us, they own us, and secretly conducted their nuclear uh, testing program. And um, in... um, from 1945, 46, immediately after the war, World War II, until 1958, um, there was a total of 67 atomic and hydrogen bombs detonated in the Marshall Islands without the Marshallese knowing what was happening. 67 for 12 years. Um, Bikini Atoll was a ground zero in anyway, talk atoll was also a ground zero, and um, one particular bomb that uh, the u s admit that they 've done wrong is because we caught them is uh, the bomb that was uh, ex- uh, the bomb that e- exploded in on march first nine hundred 1954. and that was um, Bomb called, the, the code name is Bravo Shot. It is called Bravo because the US successfully tested it. But on the other side of that story is the Rongolapese people and the Marshall, Marshallese people were suffering from radiation impact. 300 miles away from Bikini Atoll, where uh, Bravo shot was detonated, uh, the people of Rongolap resided. Um, and 100 miles in between Rongolap and Bikini, the Japanese fishing boat called the Taiko Maru was also um, affected um, by the radiation fallout. My uncle, and I would say... I was the senator of Rongelab Atoll uh, for the people. Um, But in in Marshall Islands, we all related to each other. So people that, the constituents that I'm talking about, they're more than just constituents. They're my uncles and my aunties and my cousins and nephews and nieces. And so the story and the experience, the, the tragedy that happened also affect me, even though I'm not a survivor. I'm a survivor in so many other ways uh, that um, nuclear impact impacted my life. Um, and so, my uncle was a magistrate, John Anjane, and Jane, uh, and he. I asked him, "What happened? Uh, is were there any way that we could have stopped this test?" And and it, first of all, Rongolab is in the most remote part of the Marshall Islands, and that's how the test uh, the the whoever is doing the t- nuclear test, they wanted to keep it secret, and they always pick the most pristine and beautiful uh, places to destroy. And so my uncle said there was no warning, but. It was funny because the tests prior to 1954, they were moved by the military. But this particular one, they they intentionally left uh, the people there. And um, that day, he said that early in the morning, he had to um, get up and get out of this house and try to look what, uh, find out what is happening because he heard a loud thundering noise, very unusual, so strong and so scary. And um, when he went to the beach uh, just right out of uh, his house, he saw bright lights and uh, beautiful arrays of colors in the horizon. And he, he thought that it, the war broke out again. Um, and then he heard other people were saying that, oh, maybe it's the end of the world. they never seen it before. So they got confused um, because there was a sun in the west, and then there was another sun coming up in the east. not knowing still what was happening. The nuclear fallout, uh, falling from the sky, and um, he was trying to understand what was it, um, but he, he couldn't, um, he wanted to inform and warn others uh, to also observe and try not to um, do anything with the falling snow, but it was too late already because many of my cousins were already, you know, they were twelve, eleven, and nine years old already. Um, as they were going to the school, they they saw all these snow like falling from the sky. They even, you know, in fact, they said. They call them snow. And so they were catching them and um, rubbing them and on their arms and their faces and their hair. And they ate them too. And uh, my other cousin was saying, it, it was so bitter. It, it, and it really burned her tongue. Um, and uh, some of them had, to, um, you know, they. Their eyes were burning, and later on in the afternoon, the whole community was very sick. They all diarrhea and they vomited and um, and and headache and stomachache and all eighty five adults and children and three women pregnant. The health assistant was going; uh, he was overwhelmed. Uh, and my uncle also was very overwhelmed because he was trying to comfort everybody and leaving out his own family, his own children. They were all sick, too. And himself, he was sick, but his priority to serve the people first. But he was failing because he didn't understand what was happening to them, and they were um, getting sick all at one time. And so finally... The, they decided among themselves maybe it was the, also not only the, the falling snow that caused them to be sick like that, but it was also the water that they were drinking because it all turned orange. Uh, and so the doctor issued an order that everyone stop drinking water from their water catchments and, and, and just drink coconut, coconut juice. And it helped, but for three days, they were suffering. And, and they, they still didn't know what was happening. And before they were evacuated in three days, military personnel, U.S., came to the island and, with, you know, all covered up. With their Geico gounder from the beach, uh, their plane all the way to the middle of the island where the drinking water was. And my uncle said they could just hear the machine cracking up, you know, so loudly, you know, it couldn't stop. Without saying a word, they all ran back to their plane and took off. And uh, ours... Uh, many hours later, the boat, a U.S. military boat, came and collected the people, um, ordering them to get on boat. But before they got on the boat, they used the hose to hose them off, women, children, and uh, and, and 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 men. And um, in our culture, when a woman is wet or take a shower in front of the men? That's diminishing their, um, you know, it's 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 taboo. We say taboo. It's not supposed. It's de- degrading and demeaning to them uh, uh, traditionally, and they were crying because they were they felt that they were treated as animals. Uh, you know they were really sick, and yet they were treated like that, and and so. They, they feel so dehumanised, yeah.
1: You're listening to The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri country and broadcast all across this continent on the Community Radio Network. We're listening to Abhika Anjane Madison speak about the US nuclear testing program in the Marshall Islands and the evacuation of her island home, Rongalap, due to radioactive contamination. We'll get back to Abaca's story, but in the meantime, this is a spoken word piece called History Project by Kathy jetnil Kajina. Enjoy.
2: At 15, I decided to do my history project on nuclear testing in the Marshall Islands. Time to learn my history, I decided. I weave through book after article after website, all on how the U.S. once used my island home for nuclear testing. I sift through political jargon, tables of nuclear weapons with names like Operation Bravo, Crossroads, and Ivy. Quotes from generals like, 9,000 people are out there. Who cares? I'm not mad at all, really. I already knew all of this. I glance at a photograph of a boy, peeled skin, arms, legs suspended, a puppet next to a lab coat lost in his clipboard. I read first-hand accounts of what we call jelly babies. Tiny beings with no bones. Skin red tomatoes. The miscarriages gone unspoken. The broken translations. I never told my husband. I thought it was my fault. I thought there must be something wrong inside me. I flip through snapshots of American marines and nurses, branded white with bloated grins, sucking beers and tossing beach balls along our shores. And my islander ancestors, cross-legged before a general, listening to his fairy tale about how it's for the good of mankind. To hand over our islands, let them blast radioactive energy into our lazy-limbed coconut trees, our sagging breadfruit trees. Our busy fishes that sparkle like new sun into our coral reefs, brilliant as an aurora borealis woven beneath a glassy sea. God will thank you, they told us. Yeah, as if God himself ordained those powdered flakes to drift onto our skin, our hair, our eyes, to seep into our bones. We mistook radioactive fallout for snow. God will thank you. They told us, as if God's just been waiting for my people to vomit, vomit, vomit all of humanity's sins onto impeccable white shores, gleaming like the cross burned into our open, scarred palms. At, at one point in my research, I stumbled along a photograph of goats tied to American ships bored and munching on tubs of grass. At the bottom, a caption read, goats and pigs were left on naval ships as test subjects. Thousands of letters flew in from America protesting animal abuse. At 15, I want megatons of TNT, radioactive energy in a fancy degree. Anything and everything I could ever need to send ripples of death through a people who put goats before human beings. So their skin can shrivel beneath the glare of hospital room lights. Three generations later, as they watch their grandmother, their mother, their cousin's life drift across that same black screen. Knots of knuckles tied to steel beds, cold and absent of any breath, but I'm only 15. So I finish my project. Graph my people's death by cancer and canned food diabetes on flowcharts in 3D. Glue stick my ancestors' voice onto a poster board I bought from Office Max. Staple tables screaming the millions of dollars stuffed into our mouths generation after generation after generation. And at the top, I spray painted in bold, stenciled yellow for the good of mankind and entered it into a school district wide competition called history day my parents were quietly proud and so was my teacher and when the three balding white judges finally came around to my project one of them looked at it and said yeah but it wasn't really for the good of mankind though was it
1: and I lost. That was History Project by Kathy Jetnell-Kajina. Let's get back to Abika Anjane-Madison speaking about the evacuation of Rongalap Island three days after the Bravo nuclear test of 1954, which was a thousand times more powerful than the bomb dropped on Hiroshima and spread radioactive fallout across the Pacific. So
0: they were evacuated without... Information. They just take them on the ship and put them on a camp on the military uh, base in Kwajalein Atoll. Uh, Kwajalein is a host to Ronald Reagan Missile Test Program. Uh, I don't know if you, anybody has heard about Kwajalein Atoll, but it, it, the military base still exists. And that's when the Project 4.1 started. Um, Project Four Point One is to study the human uh, radiation impact on human beings, and um, they the U- U.S. personnel started to recruit people that didn't uh, were not affected by radiation at all, so that they end call them control groups, so that they can take blood from both and, and and mix them in their inject them with you know mixing their blood together to make a study. And um, and so in nineteen fifty seven to learn more about the radiation impact on human being, they make the wrong labies to return home without having to clean up the island. They lied to them that they did clean up the island and they built some houses. But the intention, as the declassified information tell us, that um, they were studying further So, on the, the radiation effects. Um, people went back and they collected all the other rongalapis that were not affected by radiation. Back to Rongolap, and make them eat off from the vegetations and uh, to breathe from the land, um, and so they accumulated more radiation uh, and 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 poison in their body. And that's when women started to give birth to monster-like babies, grape-like babies, as many miscarriages and stillbirths, breast cancers, and and even within the Uh, male population. They complained to U.S., the Department of Energy was conducting the study, um, uh, medical uh, program, but they were told all the time that you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You, It's probably because of the spam and the rice and the Coca-Cola you eat. And the women keep saying, "We know that there's something wrong with our land and with our bodies, and 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 our children are also sick." And they said, "Oh, it's not, you know, is there's it's, there's no, it's not heredity. Is is it, not not um, you cannot the genes cannot transfer from you to your children." And and the women were. Until today, they still trying to fight for their children's health and for U.S. to provide compensation medical program uh, treatment to their children, but they have not succeeded yet. And so, so all of these illnesses that the people of Ronglap and the Marshallese people have uh, develop over the years, our government has been absorbing the responsibility and the cost. And in which is not fair because the U.S. was the one that did all these damages to our land and to the health. And our government has no money. Uh, It's a very young country. We just... Got our independence in 1979, and we don't have any financial uh, means to take care of our people, and so we are losing also our people because they have to travel either to U.S. or other places in the world to seek medical medical care. Marshall Islands, we, don't also, we also don't have the, un, um, the expertise in cancer-related illnesses, and we don't have the facilities. And so um, those are the problems that comes with radiation e- uh, effects, and nuclear bombs uh, bring devastations to whoever to wherever there's it is not it, it it does not discriminate and so marshall islands today is considered one of the highest cancer rate in the world especially within the population of the Ronglapis people, and um, the money that the U.S. has con- uh, give to the Marshall Islands uh, for nuclear claims tribunal has been exhausted, and um, so and there are more than thousands of uh, claims that's filed, but uh, they would not be compensated. Our islands finally in 1985. Rongalapis people evacuated. The community got together with my father leading. I was the first senator and decided to move from the island. And the reason was for the sake of the children and grandchildren. The island is sacred to us. Marshallese women owns land. They give birth to... To the landowners is a matrilineal society, and government don't own land. But this, um, because of radiation, it had to force them to leave the island, and their Rongelapese community are residing on on a temporary island on Kwajalein Atoll until this day. Um, We are grateful to Greenpeace for helping us to uh, evacuate. And then there are other um, other problems as we are residing, uh, occurring as we reside on a, in a place that doesn't belong to us. Our land is sacred. It's, our identity is our life. And so many of young children, generations, have not born or set foot on our islands. They will never know what does it means to be a Rongla-based person. They want to return someday to their homeland. USS clean up the island, but only on a little bit of it. And yet they declare that it's safe. We don't trust them, and we, that's why we refused to return about five years ago. And uh, the bottom line let's stop the nuclear weapons from happening again. Thank you.
1: Thank you to Abaka Anjane Madison and Kathy Jetnil Kajina for their incredibly powerful words on this show. Obviously, the Marshallese still have no justice, and so are taking all nuclear weapon states to the International Court of Justice to hold them accountable for their failure to disarm. The Black Mist White Rain Tour was organised by the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. And our thanks go to Beyond Nuclear Initiative for the recording of this Sydney event. You can see the videos of all the talks at icanw.org slash au slash bmwr. The music on this show is by Nicholas Alias and Song of the Sea by Nitin Ani. We'll go out with Catgut's song Flying Spiders Over Texas. This has been the Radioactive Show, produced at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, and broadcast all across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. You can contact us by emailing radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com or by calling up the station on 03 9419 8377. We are also on Facebook and our podcasts are available at the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. My name is Gem Romald and thanks for listening for a nuclear-free future. Maroon, good soul,
2: Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio, and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your neighbors, we got the hell. Lots of changes, we need more problems.